everyone. Welcome back to the uh, Brew Crew podcast. I think this is number nine, according to the news. We've got uh, Eric and Julian here today. I think Oakley's busy moving boxes, preparing for moving. Um, I kind of just glanced at his message. Um, but, you know, hopefully he'll be back next week to discuss all the powerful things that red can do as a color in Commander and elsewhere. But we've got some particularly important Commander things coming up, as I believe earlier it was said, this is the year of Commander. Um, interesting that's also the year of social distancing. But Julian, why don't you uh, tell us what we're talking about today? Yeah, Chev, like you said, there's a lot of things happening uh, for Commander. Uh, very excited. Just this in last week, we got two big announcements. Uh, some starting of spoilers for Commander Legends, which is the draft-focused set that's coming out. Uh, later this year towards the holiday season centered around Commander and also uh, the complete spoiler for the Commander Green specialty product um, which is sort of like a from the vault uh, sort of deal but strictly for Commander and we also do also have a uh, banner restricted announcement that we'll touch on briefly later on. Excellent. So jumping right into it, um, Commander Legends. Now for those of you who aren't completely sure what Commander Legends is, it's going to be a 20-card booster pack where you draft a 60-card commander deck. Um, I think, yeah. And each each pack will come with two legend slots. Uh, and the idea is you will pick two of them because a lot of them are going to have partner. Partner's coming back. Um, and you'll pick a commander or a couple commanders to run a deck in pods like you would do a draft which I think is a really interesting thing to do because I don't really like Constructed personally, but I do like Commander and Draft. So I'm hoping we actually I get bought to a webcam play this as a brew for this. when the uh, holiday season For this arrives, specifically and no other reasons. And a ventilator. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So we'll play it whether we like it or not. We'll force, we'll force it upon all, everyone here. But, uh, but yeah, so so I think it was announced this weekend as part of Command Fest, which was the big thing put on by Channel Fireball, or more, you know, we were getting our first details. Um, and Eric, personally, it like there's as a much as I'm excited cycle about um, um, the Battlelands with that sort of focus on you having two or more opponents, which are perfect for EDH, which is usually played in pods of four or more. Um, and so unless two people die before you draw this land, mm-hmm. this is going to be a dual land that comes in untapped and is really exciting. But the most exciting thing is that these things have some <laughs> gorgeous looking art. I correct. I just think these are some really, really well drawn cards and I'm, I'm happy to sort of yeah take another look back at, uh, back at that. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the set. Chev, do you remember the battle bond? Thank you. I knew it was battle something. Uh, but anyway, I'm happy to take another look back at Battlebond because I thought that was Battle a really Bond. cool set yeah, with yeah. a lot of cool characters and no, visuals. No, it's, it's, it's really... And it yeah. still is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting because, like, you know, we hear all these things um, that apply to uh, lands that will... land cycles that will appear in standard sets where they try to make the names of the lands generic enough that they could apply in multiple places. But here we see like the exact opposite of that, where, you know, spectator seating is the name of the Boros battle land and vault of champions, which are, you know, it would take a quite a bit of arm twisting to appear somewhere that isn't, 
um, Valor's Reach. But because you know that this is coming from Battlebond, and hopefully maybe we'll see these in Commander products down the line, they don't really require to fit into a full theme. And what I really like, Eric, is the uh, the flavor text on all of the different um, the all the different new battle lands. How they kind of dig more into the mythos of this sort of like games laid in place uh, of stadiums that are kind of smaller than the big one, like the Undergrowth Stadium. Uh, and places to train, places to relax. It really kind of gives this full feel of a world that we're kind of... Yeah, I was actually going to highlight the flavor text specifically on Undergrowth Stadium. That is I'm a sucker for flavor text in general, for, uh, but I really do like sort of that little tagline that the entire, like, planet in Valor's Reach mm-hmm. is... Or, like, really, Valor's Reach, this main big stage that we've seen, isn't the entire planet. It It is sort of this wider ecosystem of smaller tournaments of probably just really tiny arenas and this is one of them that we get to see yeah right yeah kind of like uh you know old school gladiatorial style (laughs) and uh julian it sounds like we have a return to prismatic well i know i mentioned it briefly um and we've seen three of them no four if you count the the weird uh prismatic piper we have four so far um julian how many do you think are left do you know how many are in here so chev it's uh it's been confirmed that there's 41 count them 41 yep. uh monocolored partners and then um there's going to be an additional 30 uh legends that are either two or three color but 41 monocolored partners which is a lot more no, than uh, no it was like, three i believe 10 that they released um, a few yeah, years ago. yeah, it was two, two per um, deck, I think. Or no, it was yeah, three. It was deck, fifteen. So. Still though, yeah. we're we're almost <laughs> tripling the amount of partners that are there. They're monocolored, so you're you're limiting your options mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. But this now uh, gives us a absolute multitude of possible pairings that you could do. Oh, it's um, insane when it comes to partner. And I'm I I personally am interested and also slightly scared to see uh, what comes of. You don't uh, want 40 new Thrasios decks and 40 uh, new Timna the Weaver uh, decks? Matching these things together That's not what you're here for? Getting down and dirty with everything. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. That's um, not really my problem. I think you're that, the CDH expert here, I think that overall, it it's pretty exciting on that uh, front. More interesting and just to, more dangerous, at least on your uh, front. Mm-hmm. It, it's like if Christmas morning... You woke up, and instead of, like, presents under the tree, presents had filled your house and were threatening to suffocate you. So it's really exciting, but it's also very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially because, you know, you think about it, and you have these 41 new commanders that are obviously built for this draft environment where they can kind of be thrown together and... Hopefully the synergies will make sense between them. But, of course, all of them can be paired with the existing 15. So I wonder, you know, if if there was any synergies that were looked at between those or anything particularly interesting. Because having a three-color partner deck also sounds pretty pretty cool with one of these as a single color and the other one as a, a two-color. Yeah, actually, in, in just passing conversation, uh, I think with you guys and as well as with my college playgroup, I've sort of hoped for monocolored partners for a while because... Uh, a, I still want a banned counters commander, and I can slapdash one together now. Uh, and B, 
I think it's really cool to be able to have sort of these these puzzle pieces you can mesh together and fit together in different ways. Um, and, and to the point of everyone being a little bit frightened by this, uh, Wizards didn't decide yeah. to tackle this behemoth project alone. We know we know that they brought in some outside groups and some sort of semi-inside groups, like the Rules Committee, which does now work for Wizards, was made sure that they could, got to consult on this. Um, but then also some fully outside groups, like the Command Zone, also got the opportunity to come in and sort of have a seat at the table and say, maybe, oh, you know, this is something we'd love to see, or this is something we wouldn't really be that excited mm-hmm. about, so that... Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of these partners, I'm actually going to read a couple, just so... you know, Right, right. Give, give us here, the, uh, the details on the, the ones that have been shown so far, Julian. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about two, because it does bring up an interesting idea of giving all these commanders just partner as opposed to partner with, which was another mechanic from uh, Battlebond where these you know these cards had the partner mechanic right. but they could only go with a a certain right other, and more uh, recently card. from so, uh, c20 each each deck had a pair of partners from there if even if they're you know less well known also true yes so this is alina kessig trapper and halana kessig ranger um both kessig both from the plane of innistrad uh, alina is four and a red for a four three she has first strike legendary creature human scout and then she has tap add an amount of red mana equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that entered the battlefield this turn so she's a mana generator um eric you were already talking about finding ways to tap and untap her to potentially go infinite with mana uh maybe hit someone with a big there fireball. are plenty of good things to do with then, infinite mana is all i'll say about that <laughs> i'm i'm sure yes um and then her counterpart or not necessarily counterpart, but seemingly counterpart, Kalana is three and a green, legendary creature, human archer. She has reach. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two generic mana. When you do, that creature deals damage equal to its power to target creatures. So that creature will punch something. So both of these, uh, oh, and she's also a three, four. So they kind of are slight mirrors to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they both want you to have big creatures entering so that you can either add a lot of mana or start punching things and uh, removing your opponent's uh, cards. But they do only have partners, so you can partner them up with anything. Maybe the new Baron Sengir that uh, got spoiled that, honestly, I, I think is a bit underwhelming, but you know, if you want a green-black or a red-black deck. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned um, how they seem so uh, uh, joined together, Julian, or, or that they're supposed to be partners with each other, particularly, or, or um, as well as Alina having flavor text that mentions Holana, but they're apparently from a magic story written during the uh, Shadows or Eldritch Moon. Um, I think it was called Under the Silver Moon. Um, and it's it's all about, you know, their relationship and uh, as living in Kessig and with all the monsters therein. So it's definitely an interesting choice. And it's also interesting the fact that their, their partnership is open. But I guess that is kind of the, the theme of the set. Well, it, it might be open from, from one end. Uh, Alina's flavor text is, Halana and I have a bond that'll never be broken. <laughs> and then Halana doesn't say anything like, about she that. Might be, <laughs> she might be playing around. She might be having fun. That would be interesting this, if, uh, if, uh, if half of a partnership was partners with, and then the other one was just partners. One of them's just out there swiping on Tinder, and the other one's like, God, we're so good together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Julian, there's there's one particular partner that I I honestly like. The first time I saw it, I immediately sent a picture to Eric, being like, "I can't believe they finally printed you on a magic card." 
And that would be the Prismatic Piper, I believe. Yeah. And it's crazy because you play instruments too, Julian, and it's like it, it's it's uncanny the resemblance. You're right, Chev. You're right. Um, this might be one of the least interesting cards I've seen in a long <laughs> time. So it's five generic mana, the Prismatic Piper. The art is absolutely trippy. Um, you know, I, I feel like I, I might have taken a walk and you know eaten a mushroom that wasn't exactly correct. But it's a it's a five mana generic five mana three three, uh, legendary creature shapeshifter. If the Prismatic Piper is your commander, choose a color before the game begins. The Prismatic Piper is that color, and mm -hmm. it has partner. Now, now, before you say more, Julian, I will understand. interject and uh, and say that they know this is weird. Um, this was built as kind of a fail-safe option. It won't show up in the Legends slots in the booster packs. It will show up as a common, roughly one in six packs, and is really only there as like a fail-safe trigger if you find the two colors that you can most easily draft do not contain commanders that would fit with that scheme. And it is mentioned that, like, you should probably not play this card, especially not as a commander, but it is there if you need it generally at every table. That's fair enough. I guess that's why there's uh, 41 partners. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, why, why is there 41 partners? I guess there was 40, and then they, they threw this guy the in just, uh, just to, uh, yeah. Chev, you've made a reference to this a couple times. Uh, do you want to sort of break down what the packs will look like in terms of what's inside them? And you referenced two legend slots, I think. Yeah, so uh, each each of the regular Commander Legends packs um, are 20 cards. They will have two legends in it automatically. Um, and every pack will also have a foil. So the idea is that on your first you know, opening... Um, just like with Double Masters, uh, you snag two cards and, you know, because some of this will be built around synergies or, you know, maybe the commanders are really good. And then otherwise the process goes as normal until everyone has their 60 card decks. There's also, I believe, a uh, collector booster for this, which includes, you know, what we've come to expect from collector boosters of uh, extended art, different frames that seem somewhat interesting. Um, but they'll also include 32 popular legendary creatures not otherwise seen in Commander Legends, like the spoiled Sprosh Sky Raider of Care, um, to just, you know, confuse us a little bit more as to what is and what isn't legal. My biggest question, though, is the collector boosters, or at least the picture that uh, is posted on the Wizards website, hints at a, or says outright, a 15-card pack. So I'm wondering if the experience here is a slightly different draft um, or if they're kind of just meant to be open for the fun of it, which they definitely have enough in there to be a interesting sort of thing, like full art commander tower or command tower and commander sphere or extended art, I guess. Um, but it does it does leave me scratching my head a little bit as to why they're not twenty cards as well. <laughs> I, I don't think they are intended to be drafted together, um, in part because just shiny. It'd something. be very funny to show up with the wrong packs. And you have a 15-card pack and everyone else is 20, so there's just an empty spot as it's getting passed around in the draft or one person's just twiddling <laughs> no their thumbs. Yeah. Not that um, that doesn't happen anyway at the but, rate Julian drafts, but moving on. <laughs> Excuse yourself, sir. Um, uh, Chev, you did mention... Command Tower and Command Sphere, those are both uh, notable reprints, as well as Mana Confluence is getting a reprint. Yes, so Mana Confluence is the Buy a Box promo. 
It's the buy box promo. I did yes. not know that. Well, the art is excellent on it. Um, I think it's. I think I actually prefer it to the the original art, and it's nice to see that that getting a reprint because that has been um, up there in price, um, despite being reprinted a, a few times now. There's one more new card that um, I think we just should discuss. It's not a partner. It's just uh, a normal card that you'll find in the set. It's a white card. Uh, Keeper of the Accord. Three and a white. Human soldier creature. It's a 3-4. At the beginning of each opponent's end step, if that player controls more creatures than you, create a 1-1 one white, white soldier creature token. And at the beginning of each opponent's end step, if that player controls more lands than you, you may search your library for a basic planes card, put it onto the battlefield tap, shuffle your library. So it's another of these white cards that uh, doesn't necessarily get you ahead, but catches you up, gives you some ramp, gives you some extra advantage, um, especially when you're going against decks like green decks or um, you know various base green decks really that are ramping and creating a lot of creatures. H- how do you guys feel about this card? I like it. Um, it's no tithe, which is a hilarious pet card that I think they should reprint because it's like 20 or $30 and it just gets you one or two planes. Is tithe, is tithe reserved? I hope not. Might be. Um, Might be but anyway, I do really like this card. I think it offers you a really solid catch-up mechanic in white. Um, and just more, like, sort of card advantage, which is something that at least mono-white commander decks are just begging for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably Boros, yeah. too, because I think Boros is uh, generally laughed at. So, any anything to help both of those colors. Boros, Boros probably... Uh, it is on the reserve list. It's also pushing twenty. I'm so mad. <laughs> I love Ty. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, I think this is nice. I like that it not only uh, sort of ramps you, ideally catches you up to people who have been uh, playing, you know, green ramp spells, but also gives you those extra creatures as well, if anything, just to chump block. Um, but also, you know, if you are playing a Boros uh, commander that really wants to get in there, you're playing lots of large pump effects, this is going to fuel that sort of thing. And that it triggers on every opponent's end step, not just your end step or your upkeep or whatever yeah. so you're getting you know three goes around the table um to really get up there so i think this is an excellent card i will definitely be slotting it into my Oketra deck um and i can think of some other decks that would definitely uh, use this to great avail um i just want to say this card this card's really really good with um i had the name of the card in my head until literally right now uh the five mana three two white enchantment um uh whenever a creature enters the battlefield put a one one counter on all of your creatures oh um, oh that that new one from m21 no cathars crusade. Crusade. crusade yep yeah ah, i kept okay. thinking coalition victory and i knew that was wrong anyway uh <laughs> cathars crusade <laughs> still? uh it is on my mind but anyway cathars crusade uh would just be super powerful with this card where even if you have a, this is your only creature, and your other opponents are ahead of you, that would catch you up very, very quickly. Yeah, because yeah. now you're talking. My one concern with this, uh, with this card, and Julian might, you know, share the concern, is so it, it helps you if you're in white, um, get up to the level of lands. But but even let's say you know hypothetically you were in a color combination that plays white. But you generally don't play the recommended number of lands at all. Um, and this really helps you get back up to that spot. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the Naya builds that happen to be run by the same person in our pod 
slowly start trickling this in as a way to deal with their 32 lands um, and not, you know, the registered 36. Um, I want to say this is hate speech from those who don't believe in the heart of the cards. And uh, then B, <laughs> ramp spells are your friend. <laughs> you can only cast ramp spells if you draw lands, brother. Listen, this is only finding me basic planes. <laughs> that's not going to help. <laughs> but I think, Chev... Uh, actually, oh, it does say basic planes. I thought it said... Just oh, if it said planes, not, this card not, would be... It's not as good. Oh, this card would be... This card would have been printed 10 years ago and never been... Yeah, printed. that's fair. Hey, uh, hey, hey, I... I... I'm a big fan of basic planes. Oketra loves basic planes. Anyway, I do think Chev is right that this this card might end up finding its way into some decks that generally like to lower run a lower land count, such as decks that feature green and try and rely on other mana sources. Potentially. All in all, I think it's a good uh, a good way to continue to boost white, and I know that Wizards has yeah. uh, discussed how they are slowly but surely trying to bring white up uh, to the level of the other colors, especially in Commander, where it is such a uh, such a big disparity in terms of power level. I think so. I think we've we've milked most of the cards that are printed. Does anyone have any sort of parting thoughts or things they are looking forward to as Commander Legends kind of get spoiled uh, at some point, probably after Zendikar? Um, as I mentioned, I am just begging for a Bant Counters deck, and I really, I, it's, it's a little little secret between you and me, Ishai, Dragon Speaker, is not that good, so if they could hit me with a really strong uh, blue, white, or green partner commander that has to do with plus one, plus one counters, I'd really appreciate that. Eric, a couple things, a couple things from your friend. One... I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you to you're saying that there's not a Bant counters, uh, commander. I'm gonna turn you to best girl Janara, Asura of War. Um, she's selfish. She's greedy. She only puts the counters on herself. I want, I want the world. That's to why you play things that move. That's why you play the absolute bounty of Selesnya and Simic cards that move counters around. Uh, you know, expand your mind a little bit. But I'm I'm gonna tell you this: there is 71 new legends in this set. If you don't get what you're looking for, I'm not sure you ever will get it. That's understandable. <laughs> I'm hoping for some minus one, minus one love, but it feels like that's a less likely uh, route for this to go down. Yeah, that's not something that they, they hit on too often, but, you know, Chev... With eight mono-black commanders, I don't think they have sufficient runway to fully avoid that. They have to go somewhere. I, I predict at least one of them will talk about minus one, minus one counters. Maybe, well, let's uh, hope it fits into Hepatra, because I'd be hard-pressed to get rid of Hepatra at the head of the deck. Oh, yeah, she's... she's. I, I very much like that deck as much as I don't like you, <laughs> Chev. Um, <laughs> I mean, my favorite part but, is uh, when I say, man, if Chev has this one card in his hand, he might lose the game, and, or he might win the game the next turn, and all of a sudden this look of realization crosses his face, and he realizes he's about to win, and he had no idea until I told him. Yeah, yeah, that's it, the it thing really about Hepatra. There's so many wild synergies between cards. Given cards like, uh, it's not Ivy Lane Dead, it's a gr uh, Supporter. Or whatever whatever the card is like, whenever you put counters on something you don't control, uh, draw a card or something, and then how often you want to do that. It's it's interesting, the minus one, minus one's how they play with cards that are supposed to be supporting plus one, plus one counters, and how quickly you can combo off, and how little I know about what that deck is capable of. I believe the card you're looking for is Generous Patron from... Uh, 
That's the one. From Battle Bond. That's, that's but Ivy Lane Denizen nice does also combo with Hepatra. Yeah, she combos quite well. <laughs> also combos really well yeah, with Morath. <laughs> enough, enough your, your, enough your counter shenanigans. Some of us play control like uh, good, honest people. Anyway, maybe we'll have to do a uh, oh, have to eight, have to do like a take. Blue mono commanders. I'm terrified. I, I imagine that wizards will will know their place and they won't they they won't push these sort of things. You know, I I, I don't imagine we're going to be seeing another Urza Lord High Artificer anytime soon. But anyway, maybe we can uh, save our speculation for another day. See if we can. That's uh, true. Predict for it. We want to be able to at least milk Commander Legends when it comes out. It's true. So yeah, well, I mean, it, it's not coming out until November 6th, so we've got a couple months. Um, uh, ideally, we'll be playing it over the Thanksgiving break when we all get together. Um, so everyone yep. will stay tuned for that sort of thing. But there is another uh, Commander set that's coming out uh, relatively soon, and that is the Commander Collection Green. So for those of y'all who are not in the know yet, uh, Commander Collection Green is a specialty set of cards similar to the from the vaults or the uh, premium spellbooks that have come out in the past and it is all commander cards and as you might have guessed they're all green uh, they have said that they will be doing this for the other colors so this is the first and this kind of sets the precedent it's coming out in early december um and they are going to be available exclusively at lgs's uh, um, and then they come in two different options either a foil or a non-foil so I love that Wizards is supporting the LGSs, giving them this opportunity, um, and I also like that this is a good place for them to reprint some important cards uh, in arguably the most important color in Commander. Chev, will you tell us what those cards are? Yeah, so so we're looking at uh, Bane of Progress, um, which is it enters the battlefield, destroys all artifacts and enchantments, and then put a 1-1 counter on it for each permanent destroyed that way. It's 2 green and 4 for a 2-2, two -two, but, you know, it gets big. Uh, Frey Elise, Lanoir's Fury, which is from C14 originally, the cycle that they had the Planeswalkers that could be your commander for the first time, um, and she's a, a, a big believer in elves. Uh, Omnath, Locus of Mana, is the first Omnath that appeared, the mono green. Uh, you don't lose unspent green mana as steps and phases end, and then it gets uh, plus one, plus one for each unspent green mana you have. Another Seedborn Muse reprint. Um, which untaps all permanent you control during each other player's untap step. A Sylvan Library reprint, which is amazing. And uh, that is draw a bunch of cards at the beginning of your turn um, and then put them all back unless you pay four mana for each. And then Worldly Tutor, which is an instant one mana green to search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it on top, which hasn't been reprinted since 5th edition. Um, so we are very happy to see that coming back. And we also have a Command Tower and Soul Ring variants that are printed, um, rounding out the package. I'm interested about those, particularly because they lack a certain characteristic, that being green. Um, but what I think would be cool is if they're doing this for all the colors, if we're going to see five different um, versions of Command Tower and Soul Ring come out, each one kind of like supporting one of the colors. Uh, that would be but that's, super that's the only cool. Thing I can think of. That just hit me all at once how sick that would be. So the, the command tower is looks to be in a forest. It's got green. The soul ring is in a forest. It's got green hues. Um, command tower has Garrick the Wild Speaker flavor text, so I imagine that the other ones will uh, will be in a similar uh, sort of precedent. Let's talk about the actually green cards first, and then we'll talk about commander and soul ring at the end because I, I have some thoughts about those. Um, I think overall... 
these are some really good things to hit. These are certainly yeah. all staples. Um, these are all oh, cards that sure. most green decks are going to want to run. I would absolutely agree. Um, and just before we talk about these cards mechanically, let's talk about how gorgeous this art is. Like, this Princess Mononoke looking Omnath, that thing is fuego. Love the art on Seedborn Muse, the really organic plant-looking creature. Um, Eric, that's a that's an Azusa uh, flavor text. That that's Kamigawa. You you've been wanting some Kamigawa love. That's that's it right there. We can talk about why Return to Kamigawa will be the most profitable and important set Wizards ever prints when they do it, but we're not going to do it now. Stay tuned for the inevitable article from Eric that's about ten pages long and is a nervous rant about uh, the conspiracy theory of Kamigawa. It's n- we'll get there. Oh, it's not the we'll Kamigawa there. scale. There's an it's the something scale. Mark Rosewater wrote a Yeah, the it's, scale? it's the plane that um, Arabian Nights takes place on. Um, but anyway, it starts with an R. It's a scale that essentially says how likely something is to get reprinted and Kamigawa, it's either like a 5 or a 7 out of 10 and he essentially says, "Listen, I want it. Some of you want it. Some of you would write hate mail for days if we do do it and the biggest problem is that Kamigawa was so unprofitable. No matter what you say, Wizards as a corporate entity, and therefore to some extent Hasbro, doesn't believe a return to Kam- Kamigawa set will be worth it. It would be a struggle. So yeah. write them. It, it's the kind of thing. Email them yeah, every sorry. day and tell them I would buy 10 packs. I'd buy 100 packs. Anyway, Worldly Tutor oh, also would, has Yisan the Wanderer Bard on it. We buy a box and do a draft. <laughs> Uh, sorry, what did you say, Julian? I said, oh, we we as the brew crew would buy a box and we'd do a, a whole ass draft. I I would do it and I would get one with nothing again and I would like it. Um, but anyway, for backstory, uh, it, it was I think it was a couple of years ago. We were in Boston at Newberry Comics, one of the big sort of not a game store, but they have a lot of magic content. Um, they also sell old packs, and Kamigawa has always been Eric's favorite um, sort of plane. And they had packs of, I think it was Saviors of Kamigawa. I believe that um, is the set. Whichever one, one with nothing, is from. And so we, we, uh, he bought a pack. Uh, it was, it was a bit expensive. And you're going through, and you know, you get, you get what you were expecting from 2002. And the rare slot, the most wonderful slot of any Magic pack, is uh, one with nothing. So it's what I deserve. To say we enjoyed it a lot more than Eric did. It was a meme. It, w- it really was a meme. Um, also, I just have to take a second. I scrolled down on this release article from Wizards, and I realized that they also showed all of the foil ones. And God Almighty, do these things look beautiful in foil? Oh yeah. yeah. Like that soul ring. That soul ring is going to be at least like seventy dollars. You know, who, you know who's more. looking. You know, you know what's looking real good in foil is Fraley's Lanor's Fury. She looks gorgeous. Like, the way that the sun is coming from behind her and her green mana, you know, oh, power yeah. fists are looking great. And I think that's actually a really nice reprint. I think this is a, an underrated commander, Chev. This was one of your first commander decks. I, I remember it vividly. Yeah, yeah. One of my, my first commander deck was Elves, and it kept swapping between, I think, Freyalise and... Uh, Azuri. The, the Azuri, yeah, that was it. Could never decide which. <laughs> yeah, this is... I mean, she she can be your commander, and I think she's a very good commander, but she also just, if you're playing a green deck, she gives you mana dorks slash chump blockers. She destroys artifacts and enchantments, 
and then um, you know if you if you get up a bit, she draws you cards. I think she really hits the whole package, and uh, you know she's looking she's looking really good. I think this art is a lot better than the original art, which was already very good. Um, also, Sylvan Library looking real yeah. nice. Eric, Eric, that's that's the uh, the guy from Kamigawa who cares about you playing Legends. That's the guy right there. This, <laughs> yeah. this is a lot Breaking, of camp. Right? I'm aware. This might be a this might be a sign. This might be a sign. If this is a sign, it is truly a blessed day. Um, also, on Worldly Tutor, that's Yisan the Wandering Bard, and I, I don't know as much Japanese as you do, but Yisan sounds like a very Japanese name. I don't know if he's from Kamigawa, but like I, I'm starting to get into conspirator, uh, conspiracy theory territory. He is absolutely not from Kamigawa, I believe. Let me double check. Um, that's he's from Shondalar. Fair enough. A same, deviant same, rogue, cl close enough. a bard by trade, and a rascal by heart. Oh. According to uh, game. <laughs> well, media. maybe maybe he'll like ignite his spark and go to Kamigawa or something. He should. Um, that'd be cool. Chev, do you have anything to say about the uh, the financial the financials on this set? Because these are some cards that are getting up there in price. They are some cards. Um, so I was looking at it a little bit, and so be surprised seaborn muse um is sitting around ten dollars now after being closer to 23 25 in 2017 2018 but it was reprinted in commander 2019 i think and so the price kind of dropped to around 10 bucks and you know given what we've seen in movement from uh sets like this i'm, I'm going to compare it to from the vaults uh it could definitely be different because we know these cards are available in non-foil um, and the from the vault foils have a, a, a uh, reputation for being a little bit um, taco-y at times. So this should be a definitely different process. And, you know, there's been a lot of iterations since the from the vault series ended. Of all, so the, of all the adjectives you could use. <laughs> it was what I was seeing the most recently. Someone mentioned taco foils. Um, Fair enough. But anyway, so, so seeing these in a non-foil option could definitely have a larger impact uh, in their overall price like going up. I don't see Seaborn Muse going any lower than ten-ish dollars, especially with brand new art. Um, Sylvan Library it, it got reprinted in Eternal Masters, but of course that set is like through the roof now. Um, hopefully, it comes yeah, down. It's sitting at ago. like sixty bucks right now, uh, but I guess it all depends on how much these are open. Since they are a premium product, I have no idea where the did uh, you the price did is you say sixty dollars? Yeah, oh Sylvan. yeah, Sylvan Library is sixty bucks. I remember. I mean, I got mine a couple of years ago, but I think I paid like. Yeah, it was. If yeah, I paid. I paid like twenty. Twenty eighteen. It was like twenty five. Jeez. All right. So that that was a desperately needed reprint. And Worldly Tutor, I think, was almost fifty bucks too. Yeah, Worldly Tutor is at sitting at like thirty six right now. Um, it's actually yeah, it's only ever been printed in Mirage and then sixth edition. Um, so it, it's it's definitely time. I'm I'm. I wish you know we had solid numbers on how many of these are going to enter the sort of the market compared to if they were printed in a normal set. Uh, maybe maybe they could be reprinted another time down the line, but I'm not sure how much the price is going to move, especially with non-foil versions being offered. I think I think it's kind of if you can find one of these at a reasonable price, I would buy the whole collection, and I I don't think you'd be anything short. I, honestly, if this got up to like. 70 bucks it still is probably a pretty good deal like yeah even, i mean you're probably talking 100 100 dollars like 100 or less is is all 
probably worth picking up if you wanted any copies of these cards. For the foil version or the non-foil version? For the non-foil. I think 100 for the non-foil might be a little steep. In terms well, of like estimated about... value. Not Well, okay, so if you're playing them, Sylvan Library is sitting at 60. If it doesn't go down, plus Worldly Tutor at 30, plus Seaborn Muse at 10, and then these alternate arts of Soul Ring and Command Tower from Commander Command Arsenal, I think, was the 10-card commander-focused premium product that got printed a bunch of years ago that has alternate Command Tower art, and that card is now ridiculously expensive. Commander players compare without that. other options for Command that. Tower, and also the first like foil printing, if if you're looking at that one, this this could get eaten up crazy big. I don't know if you can compare that though, Chev, because that was like ten years ago, and that had a that's a true, very yeah, much smaller supply. I think yeah, no, that, that's a fair point, a but nice I still think run. like even even the Soul Ring from um, Magic Fest that was given away for free at all Magic events last year with different art in non foil is like thirty dollars still. Alright, so my previous statement was ignorant, and this is absolutely going to be worth $100. I just really hope they don't try and charge $100 for it. That would be upsetting. We'll I see. don't believe there's MSRPs anymore, so it's, I think it's kind of, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, yeah, so it is also an LGS exclusive. That is true, yeah. That's slightly concerning, yeah, the, but I, I, I hope that the stores... We'll the stores probably needed after our, our most recent sort of things. And I I will Definitely. say that if I find this for like less than $100, I will be 100% picking a copy up. Um, hopefully it's not that expensive and that, you know, we'll see a severe drop in a lot of these prices. Uh, but I would be cautious to assume that a lot of them are going to drop in value. Yeah. And you would, you would grab a second copy for your Naya Mage friend. Yeah. <laughs> Or a third copy for your other friend who just likes who likes good cards. Good. I just like get out of here, no, you it's Esper Mage. No one time. likes you. <laughs> hey, 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 Tati over, Tati over. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about. I will air some grievances on this inclusion of Soul Ring and Command Tower. Allow me to state my case for the court. The art is gorgeous. I like the flavor text. I like the idea behind it. But this is a product that is potentially going to run, you know, in the several dozens of dollars, up to maybe potentially $100. Make him do math. Multiply dozen by seven. Okay. Who even knows how much for the the foil versions? And this is Commander Set Green. There's only eight cards. And two of those eight, a full 25%, are not actually green cards. And not only that, but they are ubiquitous cards that get printed in every single Commander product of all time. Yes, they're ubiquitous cards. You play them in every deck. But everyone in their you mother... You would have liked to see something a, a little greener? Everyone in their mother has spare Command Towers and Soul Rings. Yes, I think there are plenty of cards that could get reprinted in one of these slots that haven't. That would be exciting and just as synonymous with the commander format, especially since green is such a synonymous color. And also going forward, this probably, it almost certainly means that each other commander um, collection that is uh, a certain color, these this, this line of products that they're going to do, is going to have a similarly themed command tower and soul ring. The completionist in me loves this kind of idea, and I would love to have one of each just as like a sort of collection. But 
in terms of value in purchasing this product that's almost as, uh, assuredly going to be quite expensive. Um, you know, this is not a budget project, uh, budget <coughs> product. It dampens it a little bit for me that they're quote unquote wasting these two slots on cards that basically everyone has. So that's me just putting that out there. I don't know how you guys feel. Um, in in a kind of an opposite feel, I, I definitely understand where that's coming from. Um, but I think with the amount of value that was packed into here, we quickly run into the conundrum that Wizards has stated is kind of the reason behind why we sometimes get not so great land bases or not so great reprints and commander products. And that is that if they put too much value into these things that are supposed to, they'll have a suggested price. And if you want to get these things at that suggested price, they can't overload them with too much or the price will skyrocket and they won't be attainable. So I'm I'm not saying that that is a, a valid enough reason for a product like this where it's supposed to be a, a luxury sort of good. But when it comes down to it, if I could get all of these cards, including an alternate art command tower for a deck that kind of leans green and a soul ring for a deck that leans green, and it's at a more reasonable price so I can get everything else, I would much rather buy the collection as is for, say, $75 than buy a collection that had two other green reprints for, like, 125 or, you know, whatever those might be. And I definitely feel like, at least with Command Tower and Soul Ring, they're usable. Now, Bane of Progress is an amazing green card, but I'm not likely to use that, or I don't have it currently in any of my green decks. And so I have the feeling that if we didn't get these, we would get similar cards that are more niche in their playability. Considering that we've had Commander decks print reprints already, we've had Double Masters print stuff already, we'll have Commander Legends that is going to have a ton of content, and the, the list goes on for what is getting printed this year for Commander. So I have a feeling that, you know, I, I prefer these to keep the cost a little bit lower than if there were other high-value things to boost the price of the overall product. Potentially. A couple things, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. I, I think, one, I don't think there's ever really uh, you, what you could say too many reprints. So I think there's plenty of things like Crater of Behemoth or Oracle yeah. Moldiah or Court of Culling, things that you could include that, like, these are just such good cards that you're never going to tank the price too hard um and i think that it, it's really fine if you continue to reprint those because those those are the kind of cards that sell sets you know what i mean uh, bane yeah. of progress is not selling the set it's sylvan silver library and, and worldly tutor that are that are selling the set uh, the other thing is which is once again another another topic for another day but um the lack of msrps on these sort of products i think uh diminishes what wizards can print um like you were saying if they had put other cards in there, it would sell for even higher. Well, if they had a standard MSRP that said this is going to sell for $75 or whatever, and um, you know, at least people would know from the get-go, this is a luxury product, this is what's in it, I'm going to pay my $75 if I can afford it and I want it, or I'm not, but it's not like you're going to go get this and maybe the print run was slightly lower and you go to your LGS and now all of a sudden it's $200 because people want that foil you know, Frey Elise Llanowar Fury or whatever. So I think that's a, another topic, but I think that is another something else that might be hindering that sort of thing. Eric, any final comments on Commander Green before we move to our, our last couple things for the day? The only thing I really have to add about this set is um, sort of in light support of Julian's claim, when I saw the art for Worldly Tutor and I saw Yisan, 
I was really excited because I was like, oh, I really like this art of Yisan, and I'll, I'll be excited to use that. And then he wasn't in the set, and it was Worldly Tutor. And so... I, You're mad that Worldly Tutor was in here as opposed to Yisan? No, like I'm mad card. that they're not both in here. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not uh. even mad about that. I, I just think, uh, sort of to some extent, like Julian was saying, there are some really cool green cards that could have used some of this beautiful new art, and Solring Command Tower can always use more beautiful new art, but I guess... All of these comments are going to defend, depend on where the price point for these ends up being. If yeah. the price point is pushing $100, I'm fully with Chev. Don't put anything too spicy in here. Let's try and keep the price point low, and let's let's keep this affordable and available for everyone. If they end up more like in the $50 range or something, then I, I probably would have rather seen a Court of Calling or a Finale of Devastation or a Yisan yeah. in here. Agreed. All right, moving on. All we've right. got um, Historic Bands. Uh, Julian, now, so far, you're the only one to play Historic among the Blue Crew. Uh, how does how does this Historic Band work? Oh, boy, Chev. All right, so August 24th, 2020, which was yesterday <laughs> as of the time of recording, Monday. This was a uh, surprise ban. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere, but super glad it did. Single sentence. Field of the Dead banned. Effective date, August 24th, 2020. So, a couple things. One, historic, if you have not read my article, uh, has a ban list, but they also have this thing called suspension. So, basically, if you are a card that is causing issues, you have been, um, you know, causing some issues on the playground, you could put in timeout. And then they give you a month or two to just kind of sit, see how the format shakes out, and then you can get unsuspended or you can go straight to the ban list. But recently, Wizards has been doing uh, this thing where they'll send cards straight to the ban list, skipping the uh, suspension. Uh, these are usually cards that have been banned in standard, so Wilderness Reclamation, uh, Teferi Time Raveler. These are cards that went straight to the ban list because they got banned in standard. They were like, we're not going to deal with this again in Historic. Just right. get them out of here. Interestingly enough, Field of the Dead originally did get suspended and then was unsuspended. Now they have sent it all the way to the ban list, um, which I think is a good thing. So Field of the Dead has always been a powerful deck. Um, it, you know, Ramp has been a very powerful strategy in a lot of formats um, over the past year and a half or so. Um, and Field of the Dead kind of was like the beginning of that uh, when it was printed in Core 20 uh, last summer. Um and it's been a powerful deck in Historic, uh, you know, alongside things like Growth Spiral, uh, Wilderness Reclamation when it was still legal, Uro. Um, now we had Cultivate reprinted um, in M21. And then recently we had Amonkhet Remastered, which introduced a lot of great cards into the format, things like Wrath of God, things like Collected Company, but also a very, very powerful card, Hour of Promise, which if you don't know what Hour of Promise is, it is a foreign green sorcery that allows you to tutor for two lands not basic lands just lands out of your deck put them onto the battlefield tapped so with the ability to now grab field of the dead directly and also just all this ability to ramp 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 uh, field of the dead decks were pretty much dominating the meta full stop not even super low aggro decks could really get past them because when your opponent has a million two two zombies it's kind of hard to go under them or go over the top right and uh 
this was part of the reasoning behind the whole band band uh, band announcement. The win rate is extremely high, especially with um, you know, like any sort of controller mid range deck, but even aggro decks, which you think would prey on this sort of thing. Um, Field of the Dead decks are still winning out. Uh, since Field of the Dead was already suspended at one point, they said uh, there's really no reason to look at it again. Um, we can't imagine that this is going to be healthy anytime soon, especially since there's all these other cards in the format. Right. So I like that they just kind of cut the problem off at the head, got rid of it. Um, I'm very happy because I didn't invest into that deck with my foray <laughs> into Historic, so I didn't lose anything. And uh, before it was happening, I had just started... Um, just the end of last week, I had started playing, and Field of the Dead was not ever a fun matchup. So I'm glad that it's gone, and I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunity in the historic format. Yeah, I mean, I my main experience with Field of the Dead has just been touching on it in Brawl, and even then, it's it's annoying. So it's the kind of thing where I know nothing about historic, but I do not like that card. So <laughs> comparing two completely different formats, I've decided that it should be gone in all formats. So I, I approve of this decision to a format I do not play. Yeah. A- another part of it is similar to things that we have been talking about in the playgroup recently is just, and also a, a, a long-running uh, chat within the Commander community is the the power of lands and the fact that there's really no way to deal to with effectively the field deal of the with dead. Them, yeah. Right. You know, you're not, there's no really... Uh, vindicates or anything that destroys permanence just any sort of permanent um at least not in these newer sort of formats and it's not really a you're not up it's not card advantage to do so so um it's hard to really interact with those sort of things and then even even when you can semi shut off their field of the dead they still are just playing all these other powerful cards so it's nice to just take that away for them and you know Play, play, play honest ramp like a, a normal human being, or or move on to something. Uh, don't need zombies. Better. Don't need zombies in this honest ramp. No, no, none of that. So glad that it's gone. I think it was warping the format uh, a bit, and uh, hopefully, uh, better and brighter days. Yeah, and I think I think that wraps up most of the things we wanted to uh, talk about. Um, I think Eric, Eric, you were you were earlier, you know, before we got on the air i guess i don't know what the the proper term for talking to a bunch of headsets across the country is but you're internet superhighway is the super term. internet superhighway before we got on the internet we should super start highway, a radio show um we should start our own radio network our own radio <laughs> i think we need viewers or listeners for that no um, i I, th- I think we should enter print media i think we should make a newspaper media, print media is where it's at we'll start publishing a magazine uh, see i just i just really imagine like you know can you imagine like julian in the morning like 545 to like 1045. Julian, you yeah, from 545 to 1045 is you asleep. <laughs> That's incorrect. Yeah, no, he's I, a big boy now. He, he has a real job. 730 on average. I'm sure I could. If it was for the brew rocks. crew, I could get up at any time. All right. Let's well, that's good to hear. Um, anyway, as Chev was about to eventually navigate his way to, um, I uh, was browsing uh, the CDH subreddit and. I happened to discover that sort of in the theme of sort of trying to keep magic alive as a community and keep things going, uh, much like the Command Fest this past weekend uh, in October, on uh, October 17th, they're going to be hosting sort of a weekend-long commander event. Uh, And it's going to feature multiple, like, smaller events and smaller pools 
uh, that all sort of play into different things, and then it's going to have one main tournament, uh, sort of top-level CEDH, uh, starting at noon on the 17th. Um, uh, the winner earns the title Thief of Crowns, because it's Oko, Okober, um, and $300, and uh, everyone else playing in that pool wins $100. Uh, discussions are still sort of going on as to how the tournament is going to be hosted, but um, it seems to be run by a really dedicated group of people, and they seem really excited about it. If you're interested, go on Competitive EDH, uh, the subreddit, search for it. Um, there's a pretty big Discord server that's going. They have weekly town halls. Uh, it's going to be a really good event, and if you're itching to play some Magic, or if you want to just come dumpster on me in this tournament, <laughs> find it. Get into it. Now, Eric, we, we as a, um organization that is self-funded by a bunch of recent college grads, we don't have the funds to get you an official Brew Crew jersey, but I will Venmo you the amount of money it takes for a permanent marker and white t-shirt. And uh, we, we want to see the design that you come up with for that shirt, representing the Brew Crew in the more competitive field as you've done so far with your uh, uh, the Top Shelf series. I almost said I, take I, it to the floor, but I think that's a completely unrelated thing that popped into my head. That is not at all what the name that of my series like the is. opposite of what the top shelf would be. <laughs> it is. Um, a new anyway. series focusing on the worst commander decks. <laughs> Listen. Eric, we're expecting you to go in there and absolutely wreck face and take home the title for Brew Crew, Glory, and World Domination. So if you don't, there might be some consequences. <laughs> as long as I got the crew behind me, as long as you're all willing to sit there with me for... A couple hours on the seventeenth. I'm happy. To how do much it. of our lives oh, we dedicate to magic already? I think this time is great because we have an excuse to support a cause. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, we might have to. Maybe, maybe the maybe the fans will let us know, but we might have to uh, live stream it and uh, basically possible. commentate slash harass you. That would certainly if be possible. exciting. I know that on the Discord server they do have uh, channels that are specifically spectator rooms uh, or spectator Ooh. lounges, as they're called. Lounges. Um, Julian, so, you hear that? We're going to a lounge. Yeah. Can't wait. And you won't even get thrown out for not wearing a mask. Um, but <laughs> sure. it's what you can do safely. <laughs> with If you don't want to wear your mask in public, please stay home and enjoy the CEDH lounge. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that, once again, this is just going to be hosted by a really great group of people. Um, there looks like they're going to be able to host probably 10 games at a time, one of which is going to be the, the sort of feature game currently going on, and then uh, sort of like uh, the the sports casts that have like the big game up on the main screen, they might right. have sort of other games popping around in the bottom corner. So we'll we'll see where that goes and how that goes because again they're still sort of making some of the final decisions. But uh, I'm really excited for this and I'm really looking forward to a good way to sort of keep up on EDH and keep playing yeah. out with people as opposed to just. Uh, Sitting at home. Sitting at home and playing with the same three people. Ooh. Ooh. We build different decks sometimes. Ooh. I don't know how I, I felt about that last statement. I, but, uh, I, I didn't happy say who those people were. I, I just didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, but we, all, we all know. We, we all know. <laughs> anyway. I think that uh, I think that wraps everything up. Um, a lot of commander news. Uh, a little bit of historic stuff, too, for, for, the, for the interested parties. I think Julian is trying to get me interested in historic as well. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, any any last words before we sign off? 
play goblins in historic. Play goblins in historic. <laughs> hey, send me send me tournament ready decks. I think I have good ones, but like I don't know what's gonna happen on <laughs> on that Saturday. Let me know what we'll I should out, play. We'll put out a plea on social media, see if the uh, the community will come to your aid. Uh, you'll I, have to, I you'll have to write help. about it. We'll have to see an article posted about what Eric has taken to the tourney. I, I'll be happy to do it. All right. And I guess that's that's it from us today. This has been uh, Chev, Eric, and Julian for the Brew Crew uh, signing off. Yeet. See you.